Welcome to Gateway Church Cymru, a church where anyone can be transformed by the story of Jesus. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's word. It's great to see all of you this morning. It's good to be in the house of God together and worship our Saviour together. Amen. Well, this morning we are going to continue in our Sunday morning series on the Holy Spirit, something we've been going through all year. We've been looking at the power of the Holy Spirit uh, as we've been looking at who he is and his work in and through our lives. You know, we thank God for the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit isn't just an it or a thing. We believe the Holy Spirit, he is fully God. He is a person and he has been sent by the Father to come and live in us and empower us to live this Christian life. Amen. So if you've got a Bible this morning, can you turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 12? We're going to continue looking at the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the gifts that he pours out for us into our lives. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and we're going to read just verse 7 to 11 this morning. Verse 7 to 11, and it says, Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom, to another a message of knowledge by the means of the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to still another the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of the one and the same spirit, and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. So we've been looking at over these last couple of weeks the nine gifts that the Holy Spirit has given to, gives and pours out to us as the people of God, for the building up of the people of God, and for the building up of the church. And we've been going through all these different gifts, and last week we began looking at this gift of speaking in different kinds of tongues, or speaking in tongues. And we're going to look at part two of that message this morning. We're going to come to the second part of that message. You know, as I shared even last week, there's, there's an incredible benefit that comes to our lives when we, we've been given this gift, when we're baptized in the Holy Spirit. We begin to speak in other tongues. You know, we believe as a, as a church that that is the initial evidence that we've been baptized in the Holy Spirit. But you know, for so many people, that, that gift just remains dormant then within their lives. They, they, as the Holy Spirit comes upon them, as they're baptized in the Spirit, and as they begin to speak in other tongues, you know, that's it. They, they don't move in that gift ever again. But you know, we need to keep moving in that gift. That gift has been given to us for our benefit, to strengthen us. And so last time, we began looking at some of the incredible benefits and blessings that speaking in tongues brings to our lives. And so I'm just going to go over them very quickly. First of all, we, we understood and we saw last time from the word that speaking in tongues is not just gibberish, it's a language. Secondly, it's not just any old language, it's a language of the Spirit. And thirdly, we've seen that it's a prayer language. It's a language to help us in our praying and communing with God on a day-by-day basis. Not just for me as a pastor or for the leadership team, it's for all believers. And after we laid our foundation of what prayer is, speaking and praying in tongues is, we saw some of the benefits it brings, this gift brings to our lives. We saw, first of all, that when we speak in tongues, when we pray in tongues, we're walking in obedience to God's word. Secondly, we see that when we pray in tongues, it builds us up on the inside. It strengthens us on the inside. And finally, we saw that when we pray in tongues, it releases faith into our hearts. 
How many of you need some fresh faith this morning? Then begin praying in tongues. If you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, begin to move in this gift. Ask, ask the Holy Spirit to anoint and to, to move in and through you, to fill you again and to use you in this gift because it releases incredible faith in our hearts to the Lord. Put our faith and trust in Him. And so this morning, we're going to continue looking at some of the benefits that, that this gift brings into our lives individually. And also, we're going to look at some of the blessings it brings to us corporately as well as a church. So number four, when we pray in tongues, we're praying and walking in God's power. When we're praying in tongues, we pray and we're walking in God's power. It says in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, this is Jesus speaking to his disciples before he ascended into heaven. It says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. You know, Jesus didn't want his disciples going into the world, filling that great commission of making disciples, of baptizing people. He didn't want them to go into the world until they had been clothed with his power. Until they had known his power upon their lives. Because Jesus knew that they wouldn't be able to do it unless they had his power. And it's the same for us this morning. It's the same for you and for me this morning. We could have every good intention of reaching this world, but unless we have his power and we know his leading by his spirit, we'll fail. We'll never produce any fruit that will bring glory and honor to God. He has given us his spirit to empower us. And so Jesus told his disciples, even in, in Luke chapter 24, verse 9, that they needed to stay in the city until they had been clothed with power from on high. Now the disciples, they didn't know how long they would have to stay in the city or how long they'd have to wait in Jerusalem in that upper room. But they knew they had to be obedient to God because in his time, when Jesus said in God's timing, the Spirit was going to be outpoured and they were going to be clothed with this heavenly power. This power to do supernatural things. This power to do God's work. This power which they had never known before. But they were going to be clothed with this power to make God known. To make Jesus known. And it was important to Jesus that they waited until they received this power. Because Jesus knew they are going to need his power if they were going to achieve anything. If they were going to accomplish any of God's assignments. And as I said, the same is, the same is true for me and you. If we want to be a church that sees many people come to know Jesus. If you want to be a believer that sees much fruit in your life and sees people come to know Jesus. Then we can't do this on our own. Thank God he has given us his spirit to empower us to go and share him. Empower us to preach the word. Empower us to make disciples. He has given us his spirit. You know, it says even in John 15, Jesus said, Without me, you can do nothing. Apart from me, you can do nothing. We need him. And he has given us his spirit to come and live inside us. But to empower us to go and make him known. And you know, Jesus said specifically that this power was going to enable them to be effective witnesses. It wasn't just to do whatever they wanted to do. This power was specifically so they would be witnesses. To in other words, that they would have power to go and tell people about Jesus, about his death, about his resurrection, about the opportunity for people to come to know him, whoever they are, about the opportunity for people to be forgiven of their sins. That was what the power was for, to be effective witnesses. And you know, we see that even in, in the book of Acts, 
when the early church, when there was apostles and the disciples, are baptized when they would close their towels on their eyes, they had a boldness in it that they never had before. We see even with, with Peter, you know, when, when people approached him, when, when Jesus was arrested, people approached him and said, Yo, you're one of his followers, aren't you? You belong to Christ. And we see Peter, he was terrified because he thought he was going to be punished like Jesus. And so he denied Jesus three times. But yet when the Holy Spirit comes upon him, he gets up in front of 3,000 people and begins to preach the message of God, the gospel. He begins to preach it. What's the difference? Now he has been clothed with power from on high. Now the Holy Spirit has come upon him and he has power and boldness to go and share about Jesus. That's what the power was for. And we see all of the disciples, they had this power. Wherever they went, they were sharing about Jesus. Even under persecution, it was making them more stronger. And when they felt afraid, when they felt terrified, what would they do? They'd go back to the place of prayer. They'd go back and say, Lord, fill us again. And the Holy Spirit would come. Even in Acts chapter 4, we see it. The Holy Spirit comes upon the, the gathering there. And again, they receive boldness and strength. And again, they go and share the good news of Jesus. They needed that boldness. They needed that power to go to share their friends, their neighborhood, their family about Jesus. You know, what's one of the most difficult things for us to do as Christians? For many of us, is sharing our faith. You know, we, we, we're bold in church, aren't we? We're bold here on a Sunday. But what are we like out there on a Monday? What are we like in our homes if we've got unsaved family members? What are we like in the workplace when we're surrounded by unbelievers? It's hard, isn't it, to share our faith if we're dry honest? And, you know, I, I'm admitting that even as a pastor. It's hard. It is hard to share our faith. You know, as, as believers, I don't know about you, but, but so often in my life, I'd rather do anything share, I do anything else for the Lord rather than share about Jesus to, to a friend or to a work, you know, it's hard, we try to avoid it so often but you know, when we are baptized with the Holy Spirit, when we are baptized by Him, He will give us a new boldness that we never had before He will also give us the realization and a fresh realization that unless we go and share, that people are going to go to a lost eternity He has given us power to go and make Him known, the Holy Spirit comes upon us to empower us to make Jesus known, but also to, to fulfill God's purpose and call for our lives. Thank God for that this morning. So if you need a bit of boldness, then you need the Holy Spirit. If you're afraid, you need the Holy Spirit. I believe for us as a church, we need the Holy Spirit. We need his power. We need his boldness individually on a day-to-day -day basis, but also corporately as well. We need his power. And also amongst our, our, our ministries during the week. You know, I've said it for many years. That those ministries aren't just clubs like any other clubs. We're not here to entertain people. We're here to share the good news of Jesus with people. We're just here to share the love and the grace and the mercy of God to those who don't know it. But you know, we need the power of the Spirit at work in those meetings. And you know, that's my prayer. God, move by your Spirit in Kingston. Move by your Spirit in, in talks. Move by your Spirit in coffee morning. Move by your Spirit in youth. Move by your spirit on a Sunday. We need his power. So if you need boldness, ask the Lord to fill you with his spirit. He will empower you for it. Number five, when we pray in tongues, we're able to pray with greater effectiveness. It says in Romans chapter 8, verse 26 to 27, this is Paul speaking again. He knew about this himself. He said, in the same way, the spirit helps us in our weakness. 
We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. And it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 2, 1 Corinthians 14 verse 2 it says, For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people, but to God. Indeed, no one understands them. They are the mysteries by the Spirit. You know, I don't know about you, but I need help in my prayer. Especially because if I want to pray the will of God into being. If I want to see God's will come to pass, then I'm going to need help to do that. Because I need, it's only the Holy Spirit who knows the mind of God. I don't know God's will by myself. I need His Spirit. I need His Word to show me what God's will is. And the Holy Spirit illuminates the Word to show us and reveal God's will. But also he shows us as we pray, he helps us to pray God's will into being. We need that. You know, especially when we don't know what to pray. How many of you have ever been in a situation where you feel like the bottle's falling out and you don't know which way to turn in this horrific situation and you just don't know what to pray anymore? You've run out of gas, you've run out of energy, you don't know what to pray. Thank God that the Holy Spirit has come to help us in our praying help us in our praying. If there's anything we're unsure about or we're hesitating about, ask God to fill you with the Spirit. Begin to speak in tongues. Begin to pray in tongues because when we pray in tongues, we're speaking to the Spirit, to God himself. The Holy Spirit is praying in and through us. Praying in tongues is the answer to that dilemma. When we don't know what to pray, ask the Holy Spirit to pray and to pray in and through you, to intercede in and through you. And that's what Paul is saying here, that he done it in and through his life. You know, when we pray in tongues, we're speaking directly to God. When we pray in tongues, we're speaking directly to him. What an incredible gift this is, that we have access to speak directly to him as the Spirit prays in and through us. And through, we're speaking directly to him. You know, Paul goes on to say that when we speak in the Spirit, he, he refers to it as mystery. You know, when we think of that word mystery in our English language, I don't know what it conjures up in your mind, but maybe those mystery movies, those mystery novels, you know, there's crime thrillers, all these different things, these TV shows where there's there's this unexplainable phenomena that's going on, you know, where, where people are trying to solve all these different problems. But you know, the word here in the original Greek, it, it actually means a hidden truth or an unrevealed truth. That's what the mysteries is. So when the Holy Spirit prays in and through us, He's praying to us these unrevealed truths, these things that we haven't been made aware of yet, but that are in accordance with God's will. That's what we pray for. I don't know about you, but I want to pray in, according to some of these. I want some of these unrevealed truths to come to pass. These mysteries of God's word to come to pass. I want to see that happen. And that comes when we pray in tongues. God's unrevealed truths comes to pass in our lives, in our situation. I'm not on about something that he's hidden from his word. I'm not sort of speaking about that. But these things that haven't been made aware to us yet. These things that haven't been made aware to us in our situation. The Holy Spirit comes and he reveals those things to us in those times of need. What an incredible resource for our prayer life this is, isn't it? Speaking in tongues. What an incredible gift this is. So they are just some of the incredible benefits that the Holy Spirit, this of speaking in tongues, this gift of speaking in tongues brings to our lives as believers. But just as we come to a conclusion this morning, I just want to give some guidelines that the scripture gives us on this gift of tongues. 
And especially for us as believers, when we come together, you know, the Bible gives us some specific guidelines on how we are to minister and, and how this gift is to be manifest amongst us as believers. So the first, uh, number one in this guideline for us is that the gift of tongues is directed by the Holy Spirit. It is as He wills, especially in the corporate setting. It's not when we feel like we want to speak in tongues and we want to just say, you know, it's not about that. When the gift of tongues is in operation amongst us, it is as He wills. It's when the Holy Spirit comes and He anoints somebody and they give that message in tongues. It is as He wills and He directs that message. He is leading it. He doesn't just take control, He doesn't take control and make us move our mouths, but He is directing it so that God's will will come to pass. And if, if, if you're wondering about that, where does it say that in the Bible? It says it in 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 11. It says, all of these things work, uh, are the work of the one and the same Spirit, and He distributes them to each one just as He determines. It says, He determines. Number two, second guideline for us this morning, is that anyone who has been baptized in the Holy Spirit is able to be used in this gift of tongues. If you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, you are able to be used in this gift of tongues as the Holy Spirit enables you. It says in 1 Corinthians 12, and verse 13, it says, Do all have gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? Now eagerly desire the greater gifts. Now it doesn't say that the, the all on one occasion we're all going to move in this gift, but it is available to all of us. And Paul is encouraging us there for all of us to seek the gifts, to seek the gifts so that at any moment, as the Holy Spirit wills, we can be used in any of these gifts. And it, it, as well as this gift is speaking in tongues. Number three, third guideline for us. The Bible tells us that speaking in tongues, if it is interpreted, if it is interpreted, then it is the of the same value as as prophecy. It is of the same value when somebody interprets the message in tongues. It is the same value as prophecy. Number four is that when we pray in tongues, we can also pray for the gift of interpretation. You know, when somebody gives a message in tongues, let's pray, Lord, I pray for the gift of interpretation. I pray for that gift. You know, it says in 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 13, 1 Corinthians 14, verse 13, it says, For this reason, the one who speaks in a tongue should pray that they may interpret what they're saying. Number five, there's another guideline for us, is that God will speak to people through the gift of tongues. God speaks to individuals through the gift of tongues. You know, when the gift of tongues is manifesting amongst us, God is speaking to different people and in different situations. That's what it's for. It's to speak to us, to build us up, to help us in our situations, to encourage, to strengthen the church. That's what happens. It is God speaking to his people. That's what a message in tongues is. It isn't just somebody just babbling on. It is God speaking to his people through the means of this gift. Number six. Speaking in tongues, did you know, is a sign to unbelievers. It's a sign to unbelievers that we are, that we do belong to God, that we are filled with the Spirit. It's a sign to unbelievers. Now, I don't know about you, but sometimes, you know, when new people come in or family members come in, I, you know, maybe sometimes you, you might think to yourself, oh, I hope nobody does speak and give a message in tongues. Maybe they'll be put off by that. Maybe it'll, it'll freak them out by that. You know, especially new people who come in who've never been in church. 
you know, maybe you feel like that sometimes, you know, I, I, maybe not this morning, Lord. You know, maybe give it, to, you know, another time when they want to. But actually, we shouldn't be afraid of being used in this church. It is God working in and through us. Not to pull, put people off, but tongues is actually a sign to unbelievers. So let's not be afraid of who's here and who isn't here. But let's always be open so that this gift can be a, in operation amongst us. And it says it in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 22. It says, tongues then are a sign, not for believers, but for unbelievers. Prophecy, however, is not for unbelievers, but for believers. So tongues is for other believers, for unbelievers. Number seven, the Bible tells us that if the gift of tongues is used within church, it must be interpreted and it can only be two or three manifestations. You might say, why, why only two or three? It's just so that it doesn't get too crazy or, you know, or, or anything like that. You know, God is not a God of chaos. He's a God of order. You know, and we don't want to put people off or we don't want the whole meeting just to be totally consumed with people giving message after message after message. It's not beneficial for church. But, you know, we, you know, we don't limit that. We want God to come. And, you know, maybe there are cases where maybe there's a bit more than that. But we want there to be order. And, you know, God's church needs order. And he's the one who's leading and is to build up. And so the Bible tells us that, that if somebody gives a message, then it's got to be interpreted. And it can only be about two or three manifestations for the good of the church, for the building up, for the edification of the church. And number eight, and we've already touched on this, but it is that if no one is able to interpret the gift of tongues, then that gift shouldn't be given to you. You know, it's, it's something we should always be prepared for. If we believe that God is going to use us in this gift, if we've prayed before, we believe, you know, God's given us a message, or even in that moment, we should always come ready and be prepared to give the interpretation of it. We should always, because otherwise it's no benefit, is it? If somebody gives a message of tongues and it's not interpreted, what, what good is it? Nobody knows what on earth is going on. We need the interpretation as well. And, you know, God can use you in that gift as well. You might be, God might use you in the gift of speaking in tongues, but also... You might give that message, but also he's able to give you the interpretation for that tongue as well. You know, as I've shared even last week with Smith Wigglesworth, it's something that he often did. He gave a message in tongues, and then a few moments later, he gave the interpretation because the Holy Spirit had anointed him, and maybe nobody else was open or, or ready or prepared for that. So we've always got to be ready to give the interpretation as well. Otherwise, it's not going to be for any benefit. So they are just some guidelines for us this morning some guidelines for us uh, for this gift of tongues and and now that we've looked at this and as we come to a conclusion i just want to share just a few things on how we can receive this gift how we can receive experience this gift and, you know i want to encourage you if you want to receive this gift in your own time then do it in a quiet place get away with it spend some time worshiping spend some time praying and get ready to receive you know, I said uh, even a few weeks ago, we are going to have a weekend in a couple of weeks' time where we come together and we're going to wait upon the Lord and ask him to come and fill people with the Holy Spirit. You know, people who have never been filled with the Holy Spirit, you know, we're going to ask for those who want to pray and want to receive the Holy Spirit, we're going to pray for people, for those to be refilled. You know, it's, we don't want to just be filled with the Holy Spirit once and that's it. The Bible tells us to be continually filled, to be refilled. We've got to keep moving in this. We've got to keep seeking the baptism. We've got to keep seeking the infilling of the spirit but this morning i want to give something that's for maybe those who maybe are a little bit afraid maybe don't want to do it in a corporate setting on how we can receive this gift 
first of all, we need to change our minds. And that's what basically repentance is. It means to change our minds, to change the way that we're going. And that's the first thing that we need to do is to get our lives right before the Lord. To confess any sins, to ask the Lord to forgive us of any sin and to surrender our lives to Him. But also cleanse us of all, you know, doctrinal hang-ups or, or anything like that, anything that's confused us. And just allow God to come and to move as He wills in and through our lives. Ask Him to, to remove anything that's blocking you from receiving the Holy Spirit in your lives. Unforgiveness, pride, anything like that. Ask Him to remove that in your life. You know, and, and that's what we need to do. First thing, let's get our lives right before the Lord. Second thing we need to do is ask for it. Ask for the gift. You know, it says in, Jesus said in Luke 11, verse 9 to 13, ask and keep on asking. Seek, keep on seeking. Knock, keep on knocking. You know, because when we ask, when we seek, when we knock, they shall be given to us. And how, you know, he goes on to say, how much more will your heavenly Father give you the Holy Spirit to those who ask? You know, he's not just, he's not just going to pour in upon you. You need to seek it. It's not just going to happen one moment and that's it. We need to seek the baptism in the Holy Spirit. We need to seek these gifts of the Holy Spirit. We need to seek and ask the Lord to do it. Ask him to pour in, to pour out this gift in our lives. And, you know, as I said last week, instead of praying, Lord, if it is your will, start praying, Lord, it is your will. Because it is God's will for every believer to be baptized in the Holy Spirit filled with the Holy Spirit and know the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives for every believer, young, old, doesn't matter who you are, if you're a believer, it is God's will for your life to be filled with His Spirit, to know His Spirit in your life. Number three is open your heart. Open your heart. Reach out in faith. Believe in Jesus. Say, oh yes, that's your will. I'm opening my life to you. Fill me with your Spirit. Don't overanalyze it. Don't get caught up and say, Lord, you're ahead. You're ahead. I'm a worshiper. Fill me. I'm open. I'm ready, Lord. Don't get caught up with it and get into it. Just say, Lord, you're ahead. Lord, you're ahead. And you know the best thing for us to do when we open up our hearts is we need to worship the Lord and keep our minds on Him. That's how we open up our hearts. Say, Lord, I'm not thinking about anything else but focusing on Him. I want to just worship you and praise you. And as we begin to worship in our, our, in our in English, as we begin to worship in our own language, you know, as we begin to sense God's presence more and more in our lives, we begin to fe feel his presence bubbling up inside of us. And it feels like we need to get something out. And we'll be, all of a sudden, he will baptize us and we'll begin to speak in that new tongue. We'll begin to minister as he is empowering us, as he is flowing in and through our lives. You know, it's just like a natural gift. You know, when somebody gives you a gift for Christmas or for your birthday. You don't just leave it there, do you? Uh, in this wrapping and just leave it there. We need to open that gift to see what's inside. I don't know about you, but on Christmas Day, I'm straining there. I'm pulling every day. I want to receive this. You know, I want to see what this gift is. I want to see what Chloe's got me for Christmas. I'm looking forward to this Christmas, fellas. <laughs> uh, but, you know, we do, don't we? And it's just, it should be the same with these gifts. Let's open up our lives. Let's not let anything hold us back. Let's not just say, God, thank you for the gift. But let's say, Lord, I want this gift. I need this gift pouring into my life. And number four, finally, how we can receive this gift, pray out loud. Pray out loud. You know, the re release comes when we stop praying on our native language and we begin to allow the Lord to take hold of us and to speak in it through us and allow his language to come and flow through our lives as we worship him. We have to give it a go. Just give it a step. Give it a go. 
You know, when, when I began to sense God flowing in me through my life, I was a bit, you know, I was a bit scared, to be honest with you. You know, I was like, what, what are people going to think? You know, I'm, I'm going to, you know, begin ministering in this, you know, speaking in this other language. You know, something I've never learned is, it might, you know, and all these different things. But don't be afraid. You know, as you sense God begin to speak through you, begin to sense that new language, just speak it out. You know, it might only be two or three words to start off with. You know, it might be only two or three things, but begin to speak that new language. Pray out loud. Don't, don't keep it in your spirit. You know, don't keep it quiet. Begin to pray out loud. As we pray out loud, then the gift can come and flow in and through our lives. As God's presence comes in and through our lives. You know, God's not going to make our mouths move. We're not puppets. He's not going to do that for us and make us move our mouths. As we begin to praise, allow him to flow. And allow the languages to flow out as you begin to feel his presence in your lives. You know, it says on the day of Pentecost uh, that all the believers spoke in tongues as God gave them the ability. As God gave them the ability. God gave them the ability and they spoke in tongues. They spoke. They began to move as God gave them the ability. And it's the same for us in our lives. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to speak it out. God will give you that ability. As begin to grow in that. Begin to pray in that language as God gives you in it, as God speaking through that. Begin to pray over that language. Begin to pray over it. You know, we need to realize this morning as well. That in John 10 10, the Bible tells us this Satan's greatest work is to steal, kill, and destroy. And I know the enemy wants to us to there's been so many hurt over these gifts because people have argued over these gifts. People are afraid of these gifts. And the enemy wants to do anything he can to stop you from receiving this gift and any other gift. Because he knows the power that he'll release in our lives and also in the church. He wants to stop it. And so don't give in the thoughts, those evil thoughts. But let's surrender to that today. And let's say, Lord, here we are. Move in us. Let's grow in the gifts of the Spirit. You know, as I said even last week, praying in tongues opens up the door. That's just the first gift. That opens up the door to all the other gifts, to prophecy, to faith, the, the workings of healings. It opens up the door. And that's, as we believe, it's the initial evidence. It's the first thing. But it's also not just something that we just start with and forget. We need to keep moving in this gift. Keep developing in this gift. Amen. Shall we pray? Thanks again for listening to this podcast. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe. And check out our podcast channel for past episodes. For more content from Gateway and to connect with us, go to gatewaychurchcumry.co.uk. Have a great day.